you've tuned into the Bellion Podcast for the month of March 2023, episode 222. From that city by the Sailor Sea, I am Major Barce. And straight out of 9226, which only has two twos in that zip code, I'm Chris Powell. On this episode, AJ and I are once again revisiting our Revenge of Analog miniseries. This is part three, y'all. This is where we talk about ways that you can repair and fix those things in your household, those things that you use all the time. We got some ideas up our sleeves. We want to save you some money and save you some time. Check it out. This is the Bellingham Podcast. You know, Chris, the episode 222, where we've had a problem saying 2023, made for a very hard start. How you doing? I'm, I'm totally trying to tweet uh, the, the twabbles of all the, yeah, 2023, <laughs> 222, uh, that TW syllable, it's just a thing. I'm doing all right. I'm looking outside uh, the window of where we're recording, yeah. my house, by the way, and it's a beautiful sunny afternoon. Oh my goodness, a slight chill. Yeah. We're not quite into uh, t-shirt weather, even not though quite. you are uh, uh, rocking a, a, a a customized t-shirt of course yeah, yeah getting what's there. going on for yourself uh been diving i'm actually in an, another diving course my last uh diving course for uh the kind of the the progression that i set out for and um yeah it's still it's a bit chilly uh luckily there's a couple of pool sessions that i gotta do but in a week i'll be back in the lake and uh i'd heard from my my dive instructor actually our lake level has risen since we last talked about it mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see the differences in the season but no, man. Other than that, been diving, been doing the dad thing, and been working. You know, AJ, I'm on to you, mister. Oh, yeah? I, I know why mm. you're doing this diving why? thing. Why? Why? Because I've been reading a lot of articles online. I don't actually read the, oh. the article. I just no. see the headline. Right. There's buried treasure and a whole lot yes, of gold going on in Washington State. You are taking all these dive courses mm-hmm. so that you can go diving for that gold. Okay. So the thing out in La Push, I know about this. The thing about that, though, she sits, that vessel sits at about 1,000 feet. Dude, that, that's well... It's one I'd Willie's uh, ship from the Goonies, you're right? Not, you are not going to go down as a recreational diver on that. like, you're, Which is why you're getting the master dive training, so you can not be the recreational <laughs> one and kill yourself. No, you're going to be having all the skills to pay the bills. No, that that's called submersible, buddy. You go down I, in a submarine. I don't care. You <laughs> are. You're, you're sandbagging us, matey. <laughs> you're going for the pot of gold. Hey, thing. Bellingham podcasters never say die. Chris, what are we talking about today? <laughs> Analog, sucker. <laughs> but first... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. We want to keep it clean here mm, on yes, the Bellion Podcast. absolutely. And serious. Yes, because uh, we're two serious, gregarious idiots. I want to have a little bit of a book report because the first three months of the year, if you look back or listen back to our uh, December episode, I made a comment, uh, not talking out of my uh, derriere. derriere this time. I want to read a book a month in the year 2023 because I haven't. And by cracky, we're in the third month. Mm-hmm. I've got at least three books that I'll mention mm. uh, that I have plowed through. Now, I don't read it cover to cover, and I'm not just doing like, oh, I read a couple sections here, and I'm calling that read a book. But I took care of three books based on Analog, The Revenge of Analog by David Sachs, The Future is Analog, the sequel, sequel thank you very much, by David Sachs, and part of the MIT Press Essential Knowledge series called Analog. It's written by Robert Hassan. Interesting. And my book report, because uh, I had to do a lot of those in, in class growing up. Chris, make sure that you step up to the microphone when you're in front of the class and you give your book report today. But I don't want to duck in front of the glass. Anyway, uh, one of the thoughts that, uh, from uh, three takeaways, all right? Uh, a quote from Robert Hassan from the Analog MIT book. The, the objective of automation is clear. It is to relieve body and mind of the burden of labor. 
this is why we got all of this stuff around us that does everything for us. Uh, we don't want to do manual labor. And more and more, there are instances in the analog life where we're going back to actually doing the work. Right. And, and working for the results. You got to be able to, you know push the lever to get the peanut in the, in the, in the tube. Anyway, I just think that automation has gotten to a place that there are some uh, negative drawbacks to that. And sure. I think that's what we have uh, slowly accommodated in the society or acquiesced to in a lot of ways. Yes, it's very convenient for us to be able to have a slab of glass that does everything uh, whenever we go on a trip, but there's so much more that could be done. The second takeaway is from the Future is Analog book. For those companies that went remote in the pandemic, the debts accrued by their surrender to digital continue to mount. A debt of talent and creativity which means they're lacking in talent and creativity, kids, uh, of ideas, of culture, and the interpersonal ties that make a company much more work, much more than the work it does. And this is what I've noticed by working remotely for the past few years since the pandemic. Those little conversations that occur as you're walking around to and from the restroom, to and from another office, to and from a meeting, and so on. You run into people. Mm -hmm. You encounter people. Now, unless you have a neighborhood full of neighbors. Yeah, that all work at the same place. Or your apartment complex is chock full of people you love hanging out with. You may not be saying, hey, how's it going? What's going on with blah, 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 and resuming the conversation you had back in the day. That has been lacking. Hmm. While... I have optimized and turbocharged and what do the kids say, leveled up my uh, productivity working remotely. Uh, Those interpersonal relationships and that relational capital that I acquired over a long time in my day job uh, has dwindled some where people Hmm. don't even recognize me in the grocery store. And yes, I remember what people look like. They don't remember what I look like. Uh, So that is something that uh, is not... Part uh, it was discussed in the revenge uh, in the future of analog, which is the sequel book. It also had a rather serious indictment about remote learning. Ooh, yeah, and virtual learning and things like that. That could be another episode in yeah, itself. We're or moving talk on. to us after five o'clock, right? But finally, another takeaway: the analog businesses succeeding today, despite digital competition, are those that have been able to really create and emphasize. And here's the key word, kids: credibility. We want to be associated with a company or a product that is credible, not incredible. Hey, guys, I wanted to share with you this incredible new uh, thing I've got. No, we want credible, which is believable, tangible, uh, loyal, authentic, authentic. Thank you very much as I'm trying to search for the adjective or the synonym. Thank you very much. Uh, those were th- those are three little takeaways, uh, fascinating reads about how there are places where they're doing more work mm. in what we listen to. The fact that you have one million songs, millions of songs available to you on demand. One of the comments made in uh, The Revenge of Analog, no one gives a rip, and these are my words, not the authors. No one gives a rip about your iTunes collection. Yet back in the day, your record collection with all of the art, all of the CD cases, if you had them on display or something like that, that was something that uh, was a source of pride as people were enjoying their collection. Now it's playlists. And so that is something that has changed that more people are starting to uh, get uh, acquainted with. By the way, in case you have some albums, if you're like me, you listen to like full-length albums at one time. Same here. What if you were to find a way to be able to print out 
those album covers onto square format. Always be sure about copyright uh, infringement as you are printing. The Billion uh, Podcast does not condone uh, the illegal uh, printing or acquisition of material. But what if you were to somehow get that album cover somehow on something that you could look at as you are working? Wouldn't that be nice to be able to have that association of the artwork in addition to what you're listening to, as opposed to just having the cover art on your screen as it's playing the little one inch by one inch uh, widget on things. Anyway, uh, fascinating reads. Thoroughly enjoying that. I'm moving on to The Stoic Life. Uh, Mm. Ryan Holiday uh, has a number of books out there on uh, discipline is de- is a destiny and stillness is the key has and a podcast called the daily stoic the daily stoic podcast yes uh the, the whole thing i'm kind of diving into no pun intended ah. uh yeah uh d- d- trying to immerse myself haha uh in <laughs> here all week folks i'm getting wet in the whole stoic life uh because i think that's a great way to sharpen what we have uh as far as integrity yeah i love your deep dive into that ah let's get let's get uh, deeper now <laughs> well they're going deeper in the analog life let's talk about tools tools and fix it so this is coming on the heels of a few things so um here in the united states we have a lot of initiatives for the right to repair this is an ongoing battle that's now down at the state's levels a lot of states are trying to pass either legislation or initiatives for the fact that should you have a business or you have a product in that certain state or country uh that you have the right to be able to repair it and we're going to dive into why that's kind of become important uh, especially as you know more and more whether we like it or not, digital is here to stay. But when it breaks, Chris... And stuff breaks. Mm-hmm, and stuff will break or, you know, get worn out or whatever. There was an era. Ah, Chris, let's go back into the Wayback Machine. Come with me now. Yes. And we go back into like the or the early, uh, I'll say, Industrial Revolution, where we had the Henry Ford model of conveyor belts. Things were modular. The United States was well known for that. Matter of fact, to link it up to the watch fam, because right now Houdinki's doing a great special on the, the, the history of American watchmaking. Uh, literally the factories that were making pocket watches, railroad grade pocket watches, their innovation wasn't the watch, but the way that they were producing it. The fact that you could have interchangeable parts, the fact that nothing was necessarily done by hand, but you could actually get a a pivot out of one and put another pivot in the other. The Swiss at the time weren't doing that. It was very tailor-made, just like a suit. So it's interesting to see that in our ethos here in America, at least, We have this notion of the ability to repair or have things maintain. If I'm, if, if, if you kind of, uh, don't kind of cringe at the like, Ooh, repair. I don't, you know, I don't have the knowledge. It takes too much time. Yeah. It's, it's I hear more, that quite a lot. It's more of, um, I want to take the repairability, uh, the, the word repair, like you physically repair, but at least knowing that the thing that you have can be maintained. I think we're getting further away, whether it's, uh, analog or digital of either a on the analog side, people who have the skills to repair or maintenance certain machines are kind of going away of the dodo and we're losing that knowledge yep. on the digital side of things. We've had the exact inverse where things used to be machined on, you know, grander scale where there was actually screws and now screws are being let go for glue so that that, you know, $1,000 iPhone that you've got in your pocket, once it's done, you have to send it back to, you know, if you want to get anything for it, for back to the uh, manufacturer so that they can recycle it, so that they can work on it. And that's where here in the United States, it kind of has come to a head, especially in agriculture, because John Deere has this proprietary 
uh, anti-right to repair on any of their stuff, combines and such. And so, you know, coming back to the revenge of analog, in this case, it's the revenge of analog knowledge to be able to maintain your devices, not necessarily repair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've got a primer for everybody. Uh, in the Substack. there is, and I know I don't, I don't normally cite the Vox, and everybody, please don't eye roll here. You However, mean, you mean Vox.com or Vox, Vox Media? Yes, yeah. Vox Media. Vox Media actually did a really good tee up of kind of what we're talking about of things made here in the United States then and now. Yes, there's a kitschy cover art. Ignore that part, but the, it's still safe for work. It is very safe for work, and the, and they really did kind of tee up the notion that I just said that in our ethos of manufacturing, it used to be things were better made, American made, meant something. And it wasn't until recently, and I, I will give credit to Hodinkee of kind of cluing me in, the notion of American made was the fact that it can be maintenanced and it could be repaired. Mm-hmm. And we've gone away from that. So why don't we uh, give you permission, dear listener, to mm-hmm. be able to pause yep. this show, cue up that YouTube video. It's- jump over to the Substack and make sure that you're subscribed. That way you can get all of our uh, our podcast notes. Well, that, they should be subscribed anyway if they know what's good for them. True. But to watch this eight-minute video or what is it, two minutes uh, the way you listen to things? I do everything on 2X, especially right. by so box. If you watch this video, it gives you an idea of where we're headed with this. Yep. And we're back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so go for it. So uh, in that video, they mentioned Ernest Elmo Kalkin. Um, I won't go. I've got a link uh, to the, his Wikipedia article. He goes back into the early 20s, and really, he's the dude. 1920s, he, right? Yes, 1920s. Sorry. I should preface that now uh, that we yeah, are I'm in the here 20s. To pre- I'm here to check you against the, you right. know, the, the context rails of the hockey rink. He was a, he was a pressman. He was a, 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 who would actually set up the presses, I should say, when I say a pressman. And um, he really kind of, um, in his career, got into the trajectory of advertising and um the the notion of planned out obsolescence and consumer engineering through consumerism really was his bully pulpit when it came to marketing and getting product uh the aesthetic of products and the functionality of products and that's what we kind of have the model of today just at you know 2x speed like i hope you listen to the vox article how curious is it that one century ago in the 1920s mm-hmm. that this gentleman ernest elmo 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 Calkins, uh, discussed planned obsolescence, and yet one century later, yeah. as we're looking at laptops, tablets, phones, all the tech things, all the, Beyond all the that tech fast things. fashion, uh-huh. the fact that, you know, how many, and we're going to get into this, like when you get a hole in something, how many of us go, mm, that's going to go to the giveaway bin or in the chuck away? Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to throw an American jeans manufacturer under the bus, four consecutive pairs. This is my little rant subset. I don't, I don't play hard in my jeans. I actually walk around and I'm not doing like Jean-Claude Van Damme splits in them. Wait, you're not anymore? Not anymore. All four times I have gotten holes and or splits in areas that I don't want them to be. Mm -hmm. They're in that area that you're thinking of. American. Yeah. 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 So, that's funny that you bring that up. And that's the thing that we kind of forget. Like we see jeans, right? And uh-huh. we're like, okay, it's denim. It's cotton. Well, what is the failure point? The way that they are stitched. Yeah. Think about the way that things used to be done mm-hmm. and the stitching that used to be done. That used to take a little longer. But now we can do something that looks similar. You don't get the longevity. You don't get the miles out of them anymore. It's it's uh, taking manufacturability and how much can we do in uh, for machines than the reliability 
or the effect effectability effect if efficacy well speaking of efficacy the the most effective way that you can listen to us here in bellingham washington is you might be tuning into us on camry 102.3 fm those people are so stitched up uh on kmre.org and they are hand wiring all of the little uh connectors that get our show into your ears, mm-hmm. whether it's through a transistor radio or a shortwave radio or a carrier pigeon, mm. they broadcast that signal in many ways. It could also be through semaphore or even smoke signals back in the day. Right. I'm usually talking about like, you know, the modern smoke signals in, in Washington state. There are many kinds of smoke signals one would get. <laughs> but anyway, they, uh, KMRE, they play our show so often. I think it's like almost on the hour every hour in, in a lot of cases. Oh, wait, no. It's like Saturday. At, yeah, uh, it's a Saturday. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. that's cool. Anyway, uh, check them out uh, if you're in Bellingham. And otherwise, go to their darn website because they really would love to have your business. Yep. So let's let's go down the road of makering, okay? So the maker movement has been something that has been in the tech sphere for quite some time. And there's a couple of things I want to throw out, dear listener. If you're listening to us and like, okay, I want to get I want to I want to go back to the way America was, be able to repair things and maintenance things. Well, let's start with your clothes, right? So, um I have a son and he plays hard in his jeans, Chris. Yes. Much like I was when I was a little boy in the Pacific Northwest and let me tell you i blew knees out of jeans probably every month like my son is currently now you could go down to your favorite box outlet of choice and go get some jeans or you know when you're six years old you know what's cool chris what's that having patches on stuff okay and so it's been a long time since i was six so i'll take your word for it hey me too however like the the it doesn't take a lot of uh, skill to be able to have a simple sewing machine. You can have a $100 sewing machine at whatever outlet uh, box store of choice. Or perhaps you have a hand-me-down. Like uh, if there's a family heirloom of a sewing machine, that old sewing machine that your mom used or your dad. Or your aunt or uncle. Yep. That thing, as long as you know how to use it, still works today. And that's what's great about some of these tools. It is it is an investment to have, but it, it gives you two things. The ability to maintenance and repair things and also gives you a skill. So for my in my son's case, I have a, a simple sewing machine that my, my mom actually got my wife uh, when we first got married. And um, I've been patching up holes, you know, taking swaths of cloth or, or, or backstitching them. Things that I remember, it was funny. Back in my day, Chris, we had to take two things, shop and home ec. I was back in your day. I was just a little older. Then. Okay. Well, in, uh, in home ec. I took home ec. I took shop. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I loved the fact that I could breeze through. I had to get through home ec to get the shop. Um, but in home ec, it was when we did like the, the week for sewing, man, I got all my project done on the first day because my mom showed me how to sew and it came right back to me. Congratulations, AJ's mom, for uh, doing such great work and training AJ to be able to blast through <laughs> home ec sewing in one day. Yeah. Kudos to you. Get a sewing machine or, um, you know, if you have one in the closet, dust it out and play with it. You know, make something, goof something up. I mean, what else do you have to do on a Saturday? You could either A, mindlessly scroll through Instagram and get advertised to or spend that same ding dong hour trying something new out. It's a great uh, use of an hour, that's for sure. The other thing I want to throw out there is um, like a, a cricket machine. So these are uh, usually a small little blade on a rail. And you can make things uh, usually out of paper or out of vinyl, stickers, that type of thing. Um, it's another. It's usually sold in the same shops that are typically a sewing machine. It's also another thing that you may look at. Maybe you can cut out patterns a lot easier. It's not a laser, so you don't have to worry about like laser cutters or off-gassing or anything. It's another type of mechanical machine that you can use to get shapes cut out of that you don't have to use scissors, per se. 
So as we're thinking about all this, you might want to check out in your town, wherever that might be, not just Bellingham, but we have a makerspace in Fairhaven, I believe. Not sure if they have uh, the sewing machines and all that, uh, the, cr- the cry cut, cr- Chris? Cricket, cr- cricket. It's not like Jiminy Cricket, it's no, cry cut. Yeah, but, you it's know. got a weird pronunciation. The other thing here in Bellingham that might be a good tie if you're into the textile side of things is talk to the rag finery. Rag finery. So, and I believe um, they used to, uh, pre in the, the, the pre-pandemic days, I believe they even had like community classes, but don't quote me on that one. But, or you could check out the Bellingham subreddit to see if there's anything around there. There's a lot of some fine folks on there that tend to con- contribute things like that. Anyway, anyway, let's talk about something other than clothing. So in the same thing of maker, the other couple of, of tools that I think everybody should have in their house is like a Dremel tool, something that you can grind things. It's it is an electrical tool. You're not like, you know, using sandpaper by hand. Gets the job, gets you to happier sooner or a little faster. It gets faster. the plaque off my teeth really well. Exactly. But also for fixing... The- oh, wait, stop, stop. You're supposed to laugh. No, kids, don't use a Dremel <laughs> to get the get the stains out of your teeth. Go to a dentist or a professional for that. Yes. Moving on. Moving on, Chris. <clears throat> so for the things in the house that you may need to repair, such as a lamp, or more recently for me let's say perhaps a blender or a chair that has screws after people use them that they wiggle free yeah so here in bellingham we have hardware sales chris and i usually mention them when it comes to all things tools or or that type of thing chris you've got uh, a little what something else i put in our kit which is a micro driver set sure and you just need to picture i I have a link uh to my ubiquitous screwdriver set so this there's 30 little uh screwdriver type bits that go into a uh little turny thingy i believe that's a technical term absolutely and what what this does is there's so many different types of screws it's not just the flat blade or the phillips anymore there's hex there's square there's fill in the blank you name it you know all the, exactly yeah. blah, 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 blah. and so what i have here i've been able to fix so many things in my household especially the little toys that have ultra tiny screws to replace those darn batteries yes or uh, or the little kitchen timers with that use a triple a battery that requires a very small this little micro set is made by boxer tool it's a precision set if you will because i'm a precision kind of guy absolutely and it's about i would say it's less than 20 bucks and the link that i have on there does not take you to that site that we don't the like zon. the the, the zon. so anyway it goes to their actual website so something to think about there. yeah so especially with when it comes to drivers like the thing like back in our day it used to be at phillips is standard and nowadays things are small they've got oblong shapes they got triangle shapes and largely that came out of the fact that manufacturers didn't want people in their stuff yeah and so if you want to have the ability to even take a crack at maybe saving some money by opening it up to because here's the thing folks if you have something that's doa it's just it's it's dead you're gonna huck it anyway you might as well spend an hour on a weekend opening it up to see if you can't fix it or at least understand better what failed true story most recently I had my beloved Philips Sonicare uh, Sonic screwdriver. No, Sonic uh, toothbrush. Mm-hmm. And yep, <laughs> I'm providing the sound effects for that <laughs> to to get my actual plaque off my uh-huh. teeth. Right, I've had it for years and like years, years, Chris. Like it's been beyond its life expectancy. Found out that Philips only has those rated for like a four to five year life expectancy. Ah, uh, planned obsolescence. Interesting. I had a, I squeezed about seven years out of mine. Uh, like a tube of toothpaste. Absolutely. And so I found out that the version that I had, I could pop, it was toast. I could pop it off and see how it worked and see if I could figure out this one bracket thing that typically foul, breaks out over time. 
found out that I could fixed the little bracket and I got a couple more months out of it and it was really toast Chris it was really that motor was toast but here's the thing is that in in those months I got a better understanding of what the technology was inside I did not buy that same product again went with a different brand and we'll see how how well this one holds up but that's the thing is that when it because you're talking about you want to be with an authentic you, you want to authentically be with a brand okay? that provides credibility credibility and reputability yep here's the thing over the years we've gotten so used to the brands that we're used to, like you're a Coke or you're a Pepsi fan, right? right? And here's the thing. They can slowly change the formula, as it were, and you're still, you drink it, you enjoy it, whatever. And the same thing with our technology, with our devices. And I found out that in that toothbrush, I know it's weird, it's a toothbrush, but those things are a couple hundred bucks a pop. Oh, yeah. So I found out that the technology in that is kind of, gotten a little long in the tooth if i could use that pun <laughs> i see what you did there um and i went with a different manufacturer because they had a little bit better technology and better design um, true, uh, one true story over here uh i'm going to describe to the listener but aj if you look over to your right you're going to see our kitchen sink faucet yes i do we have a little bit of a high arching sink faucet to get those big pots and stuff double to be bin able to, yeah. And the hot and and cold uh, selector is actually one movable knob. If you can envision a slot machine handle back in the day where you pull the slot machine, it goes hot, cold, et cetera, et cetera. Through weeks and months of use, that eventually got wobbly. Oh. And my beautiful wife was like, honey, can we fix the sink uh, thing? It's, It's tough to be able to do it. And there's one hole. It is about the size of a small hole. <laughs> like a straw. <laughs> Smaller than a straw. It's one of the, the small swizzle stick type straws. Swizzle stick straws. Yeah. Okay. So I took my little boxer tool thing that you are looking at right now. And, if, you know, dear listener, if you're checking out my link, you'll see what I'm talking about. I had to go through, I'm going to say, because I can't, I had to take my phone and use a selfie camera to look up into that hole to try to see what shape it was. Yeah. And I was able to figure out that one, number 24. Yeah, Chris is pointing seven rows down yes. in his his driver set but as i stuck that little bit up into that little tiny swizzle stick hole of the ch- kitchen turned sink, it sideways turned that son of a gun sideways and i cranked it up because oh by the way the the, the twisty thingy didn't work in our sink <clears throat> so i got another pair of uh hand gripper pliers because mm-hmm. i know all the technical terms and i was able to like twist and twist and all of a sudden oh it's not twisting anymore i somehow yanked out like a tooth uh, the little bit which got stuck up in the kitchen sink, and then oh, I, oh it's 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 not wobbling anymore. Mm-hmm. I fixed it. Yep, I am king of the castle. You are. I am the lord of my domain. You're the dirty rascal. And <laughs> that took about maybe ten minutes to figure out which one was which, and then about thirty seconds to fix it. Yep. Now here's the thing. Even and again, it could have been a sunk cost if it, if it, if you actually got into that repair and you know what? Let's say the whoopsie doodle that that made it go loose totally cracked in two. Yeah. Okay, you'd you'd be out the the faucet. Luckily, one hundred twenty bucks. Right. But here's the thing: you took the initiative, and as you can tell, folks, Chris and I, even though we are technologists, we are not mechan- mechanists, nor do we play one on podcasts. We don't know all the the fancy words. And you could see how excited I was when I actually got it to stop being wobbly because I fixed it myself. Exactly. Shot of endorphins, yo. But here's the other thing: is that you took a you took a chance to actually learn something it's it you you gained something out of that experience okay? and not just my wife's enjoyment for the end result i also enjoyed it because i use our sink as well right for cold water and hot water without the wobbly effect but again it got and, and here's the here's the real crux of this episode for for me to all of you as listeners instead of going oh, it's broken 
well, let me get up on my my search engine of choice and let me go order another one. Before you do that, take a moment and look around your house. Look for the the boxer driver set that Chris is. And Boxer is not a sponsor of the podcast. I use it and I like it. So I publicize it for you all to check it out because it worked for me. Or even use that digital device slab of glass, as Chris likes to call it, and do a a web search to see if there is a manual or an exploded diagram. But take that chance because... It's if, if you already have it written off as a sunken cost, okay, it's already broken, mm-hmm. learn a little bit out of it, and, or maybe you might be able to repair it and get, uh, get down the road a little bit longer with it. Now, there are a couple items in your household that you may want to, may need to have repaired, but you don't have the resources nor the uh, tools to be able to do that. Now, in a couple of instances, if you are a musician such as myself and AJ too, he plays a mean guitar and can sing like a dove. Uh, (laughs) That last part is a lie, but thank you, Chris. Yeah, you know, bar of soap or the bird, depending. Uh, There is a place in Bellingham. uh, There's a fellow by the name of Dave Doucette and Doucette Guitar Works on State Street. Got a link uh, for you to check out the site. He's a one-man shop and I've taken my instruments, uh, musical instruments to him to set up, to fix, to repair, uh, and to make prettier uh, for a long time now. And so if you have a musical instrument, a ukulele, uh, you know, mainly stringed instruments in a lot of ways. Fretted instruments? Fretted instruments. Don't fret. Go see Dave Doucette. Oh, my goodness. Just came off the top of my head there. Second thing, we wear a lot of shoes. And shoes will – I see so many shoes with like – Great upper condition, yep. but the soles are meh. Uh, Has oh, no soul. Exactly. Go to that mall here in town, Bellis Fair, and uh, I'm choosing my words carefully. In Bellis Fair, there is a shoe stop. Yeah. Little little uh, you know thing. It's been around for a long time. Kind gentleman. He's really busy. It's a, you know, him and his son. Yeah. Uh, the shoe stop is a place to get your shoes resold. S O U U L no S O L E D because our soul. Oh, wrong! So, uh, I made that joke earlier. So I'm about. <laughs> yes, I'm we're kind of punchy right now. Uh, so don't throw out those shoes if you feel like you can get more kicks out of them, more tread, a new tread out of it, because that can extend the life. That could be twenty five bucks. I'm not sure what the going rate is for uh, some resoling, but instead of ninety hundred dollars for your kicks. Why not? Yeah. And if you got a hole or other things like that, there's other repairs as, as well. Yeah, and he I th- he used to have another shop also downtown. He used to have two shops. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, check your, check your local listings for that. But yeah, definitely when it comes to kicks, definitely try to see if you can't get them repaired, especially sure. how much shoes are going these days. Uh, exactly. Uh, the one that I've got for everyone is iFixit. I mean, if you've got uh, a, a digital device and you want to get a battery put into it, mm, let's say. Good luck. One, good luck with the like my previous comments about uh, glue instead of screws these days. But if you have an older device, um, I'm thinking of you, Chris. You recently acquired an, uh, a, dare I say, vintage iPod Classic? I have an iPod 160 gigabyte uh, sixth generation. Yeah, so for for the retro tech that is coming, like uh, we've talked about vinyl records being mm-hmm. coming into fad again, um, vintage iPods are coming back into fashion. Yep. Those things are highly self-repairable, and mm-hmm. all they are is basically a glorified uh, micro-spinning um, hard disk. Yes, and what I've learned in, in doing some research, the battery can be replaced, yeah. and the hard drive, which I'm starting to hear a not that quick, but oh, okay. uh, every now and then, um, that's a sign that the drive may fail. And so I don't want to throw it away. It has valid use. I might even be able to get a bigger 
capacity drive to store yet more songs on the iPod. But anyway, uh, iFixit is a great website, but also you got to keep in mind you're 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 heading out in, in in the shuttlecraft of the of the of the starship, and you're heading into parts unknown. No pun intended. That you might encounter difficulties which might render it unusable. So right. do take caution, and don't yell at us if you know. The, oh, I looked on iFixit and you missed a important photo uh, mm-hmm. description. Make sure it was, Abraham Lincoln said, or someone said, sharpen twice, chop once. Yes. Do a whole lot of prep before you actually start your process of repairing. Yes. And like I said, I, I usually attribute, like, there's a device that I have that I, again, it's sunken cost. It's already broken. I, I usually turn to iFixit for either the documentation, the tools, yes. or the kit that they have so I can get a battery and such. The last one is uh, our friend over at Time Concepts. Ah, yes. So one of the things, and shout out to the Watch Fam. You know, here in Bellingham, um, really, I, I kind of recommend there's two folks to go to um, when it comes to clocks or watches. Clocks and watches here in Bellingham go down to Time Concepts. They're off of Lakeway on King Street. On King Street, um, an, uh, an older gentleman who has been working in watch repair for I should know this, a like long time three three or so decades in two different states. And um, I've I've brought stuff to him. You've brought stuff to him. Yep. Um, anything from a watch battery repair to you have a. Um, I know of a client that had a, a custom one of a kind wall clock that was designer made for them, and okay. there was a part that went out, and he was able to uh, either fashion it because he has all the tools to fashion things mm-hmm. or source the part. So, um, but he it again, it's not. It's not instantaneous. It could be several weeks to several months to have your piece repaired. He has quite the backlog. The other one's up at North in, in YVR, which I got to give a shout out to Jason over at Roldorf & Co. Oh, yes, Roldorf. Um, they they had the the huge fire that happened and stuff. He's now opened his doors to his new place, Okay. Um, which hopefully we can hop a train sometime and go check it out. Hopefully it'll arrive on time and this time as and opposed to the... I don't know. Past. American trains... And we're check not, out the double-digit episodes of, uh, of that. That was a fun trip. Yeah, anyway, that's cool. Well, Chris, that leads leads us into my favorite part of the show, which is quality assurance. Yes, folks, these picks are picked for you by Chris Powell and AJ Barsay for your quality assurance. All right, I'm going to go first this time. I really don't like those tech, big tech websites. Have you learned this uh, by Wait, now? what? Yeah, shocking, isn't it? What? Um, I don't like going to the tube, the gram, the F book. I don't have even have an account. Facebook's still around. Uh, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, anyway. Um, there are a couple websites that I have linked that provide alternative websites. So you want to go watch a video on that site, but you don't want to have Google tracking you. So let's just say you are on your family's, you're signed in with your family's Google account. And if you go to youtube.com, if you were to search for something, that would be part of your search history, unless you go into the settings and deep dive and remove that, like the game of Operation, where you extract the femur mm. from your algorithm-based search history. Go to one of these sites on Lib Redirect, in which this would allow you to go to a site that would play the YouTube videos, oftentimes without ads, ooh, and not have that tied in with your, you don't need an account. Mm. You can watch the videos if you want. Uh, there's another one I just discovered called farside.link. Hmm. Yeah, it's actually a website. It's not a .com. It's just, not, not by Gary Larson? No, not in this case. Uh, no, that's that's a different kind of Farside. Uh, up-to-date alternative websites for these big tech companies, but they're self-hosted by people around the world. Hmm. Now, there are. it's possible that if you had a Mr. Fusion 
imagine big old server uh, in your guest room. Some people who are nerdier than us have a whole lot of firepower in their home of computer hardware, and they self-host these sites to be able to redirect or grab, allow people to go to their site to watch videos, to check out Twitter feeds, maybe. Uh, we don't know what's going on with the Twitter as, as far as what's available and what isn't. But the uh, IMDb, uh, Wikipedia, there are alternative places for that. Got two links for you to check out and, and browse around and enjoy without maybe having so much... Uh, signed-in account tracking algorithm telemetry uh, based on what you're doing. Totally. AJ. So my my quality assurance is what I, I mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, the website Hodinkee, which is a kind of a, a publication around watches and horology, they have a, a second season of the series that they call Watches in the Wild. Ah, yes. And the original season um, was more global. This one's actually more local. It's focusing on the American watchmaking. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there are two episodes in. Um, so the history behind like uh, Waltham or Waltham um, and also uh, Hamilton. So these are all brands. That, uh, well, at least Hamilton is a brand that's still around today. They're no longer American made. They're more of a Swiss company now. But it's interesting to even if you're not in the watch fam, it's a really fascinating watch. No pun intended um, of the, the the series that they're doing around this because it's more of an Americana historical um, piece that they're doing and it happens to be on horology and watches so i would encourage you to check it out um, i don't know how many episodes are going to be in the season thousands um probably a couple probably at least a dozen um but the again because hodinki has a fairly substantial budget the production value on it is really good and each episode's about 20 minutes so that's so is that like uh Hodinkee.com. watches watches in the wild is that like watches gone wild where they show you their naked straps Ooh, that's that's coming soon for spring break there buddy i think so probably that'd be another series no that would be the two broke watch knobs version. oh there you go now you're talking anyway i think that's the signal it's time to wrap this thing up <laughs> that is so that wraps up this 222nd edition of the bellingham podcast Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, tolerating us, wherever you like to get our podcast. That's right, Chris. I can I can just go with the flow. Absolutely. The, our listeners are. <laughs> if you remember, if you're in the Bellingham area, might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM. That was really fast. Uh, there, KMRE is streaming all over the darn place at KMRE. That's with an E, not, a, not an E. E! Dot .org for the website to go to. Check us out. Uh, we'd love to have you listen to us on your podcast, Weapon of Choice, or online. Yep. And on that note, thank you again so much. I'm AJ Barsay. And I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again for joining us on the Bellingham Podcast. E! <laughs> e, not not E. No. More E than E. That, that's a shout out to Robert right there. E, oh, e that's right. <laughs> not Sorry. the Entertainment Network either. <laughs> Sorry, Robert. We yeah. love you.